0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show.
1: Just be patient, and I know I stink. Everyone tells me I stink. Yeah, you're the worst. I am the worst.
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: I tell you, I'm not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high than getting low.
0: According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's going to 15! See you later! Two plays or a touchdown. Everything happening in the sports world. That ball
1: hit
2: high and deep. Stretch! Stretch! Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball! Yes!
0: And even some things not happening in the sports world.
2: It's always you asking Steve if he's done things, and he says no. It's always him saying, no, I don't know what that is. I don't do that. No, no, no. He said, why don't you ask him some things that he does know?
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
2: Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, a man who was on a mission yesterday, maybe a little hotter than normal. Not you, the temperature. Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because I was in at Dylan's, and I was walking kind of fast, you know, just to get the stuff I needed to get. You walk
2: really fast to begin I with. I do walk
1: really fast. And somebody I know says, man, you look like you are a man on a mission. And I said, well, I'm normally going pretty fast all the time. I just... Speed from one thing to another. And yesterday, we were speeding from one practice to another in that 100-degree heat. Even the pistol tagged along a little bit with us. So, you know, it, it was hot out there. It was very
2: hot. Yes. The heat index, the indices, how, how do you say multiple? Heat indices. Indi- heat indices. They were very high yesterday. I think they were sitting at about 110, 108, somewhere in that range. So that meant that it was very, very hot and that most of the high schools in this area, they have different protocols with what they do for days of practice where it's very hot. And really, the only time that it's impacted is about this time of year. Right. So the football team and any team that was going to be outside, they could only go one hour Outdoors with twenty minutes of water breaks built in. Right. So really only about forty minutes yeah, worth and, and of it, work.
1: And to be honest, it's hard to get a lot done uh in forty minutes and being that hot for you know, for the kids to try to keep their concentration because they're just, you know, uh they're perspiring so much. But uh we saw a lot of good things from a lot of sports teams yesterday.
2: Well we got to see a lot of the volleyball practice since they were not really affected by much of the heat right. because they were indoors. Right. And, yeah, it felt a little bit warmer inside the roundhouse, but they were able to get in a full practice. The tennis team was out there for, I think, all of their hour with plus the 20-minute water break. Coach right. Brown had those girls ready to go. One thing I noticed, Steve, and what you put on your cell on sports, there are a lot of bodies playing sports, and about 200 were out for fall sports yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I, th- I
1: think the final first day total is 191 and when you consider... There's basically, what, five sports? Right. And, of course, you know, tennis, there's not that many kids out because there's only six spots available. And, of course, there's JV and, you know, JV program. But football, of course, 93 kids out for football. I think 32 is a good number for boys' soccer. Yep. Uh, 30 for volleyball. Coach Doyle said she was hoping for a few more. But I think 30 is a pretty good number. Yeah. Uh, cross country, 21. So you had 13 Boys and eight girls for cross-country. I know Coach Lott probably would have liked to have a few more girls. You like to have, you know, in in cross-country, you like to have a full varsity team and a full JV team. And, of course, some runners can, you know, run for both. But uh, I think the ideal number, I think 26 to 28 is a pretty good number for cross-country. So I think that's about what she had last year. But uh, they went early in the morning, though. Because they're smart. Shane Bakust. Uh, told us that they're going to go this afternoon, depending on the weather. And if they don't go this afternoon, then they're going to have an evening practice.
2: It was an interesting day yesterday with all sorts of movement. The football team, they were outside for their hour, then went indoors. I stuck around and watched a good deal of their work indoors. And Steve, you know, with what I like to do in the preseason, I'm at almost every single football practice throughout the preseason. It helps me learn a little bit more about the players. It helps me learn a little bit about what they're doing the way that they draw plays, the way that they teach their philosophies. And one thing that we consistently say, especially when you get to watch these teams up close, there is not a first day full of, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put our helmets on, and we're going to button up on this strap right here, and we're going to put on our socks. They don't have to teach these guys anything that they they should already know.
1: Because, you remember, they go in the summer. Well, but, that
2: and the, the point I was going to make is that the coaching staff remains almost the exact same every single year. Right. And when you have that, plus these guys working with the same coaches all the time, they know what their expectation is. And when they blow the whistle and goes, okay, and, and go, practice starts, then they start. And they get actual work in. Right. Where I think there are probably a decent amount of schools across the country, across the state, where the first couple of days are – this is how you put on your, your practice pants. This is how you put on your shoulder pads. Whenever we run this drill,
1: this is where you stand. There's none
2: of that and with then, the McPherson High and Football then Program. And conversely,
1: we were out at McPherson College's first day of practice, and they were basically doing, this is how we're going to huddle up. Right. You know, they because it's a bunch of guys that never played together before. So Not this, only that, but a brand new coaching staff. Right. This is how we do things. We, You know, this is how... We're going to line up, you know, certain situations. So uh, the college is a little different from the high school. But I had a couple of takeaways from the first high school football practice. Number one, I can't believe how much more physical, uh, mature a lot of these kids are. I mean, if if you saw some of these kids last year and you saw them to this year, you go, is that the same kid? Some of these kids have put on 20, 30 pounds of muscle, grown two or three inches, you know, we saw some sophomore receivers, uh, Trey Buckme, Darian Gibbs. I mean, they are tall, tall guys, and and you know they you can see that they've put some, you know, body mass on. We looked at the offensive line; that's as big an offensive line as I can remember. That's what and, I told offensive line coach Pat Corcoran. I said, "You've got some dudes out
2: there." Yeah, and he th- said, "Yeah, we do."
1: Yeah, I mean, the offensive line; they're going to average probably two hundred and 40 pounds maybe
2: maybe a little less but yeah, still
1: 230 pounds yeah i remember uh, a couple of them around the 210 range but then you got a couple 250 260 range so um the physicality and the maturity of the uh, the improvement from the sps program and the other thing is i have never seen a team that has so is so loose you know last year's team was loose but i mean they got some guys that are just nothing that's going to phase them they're not going to be nervous about anything. I think come game time, you know, they'll be ready to play, but they like to have fun. Right. They really like to have fun, and you could see that on the first day. And, you know, I don't know how many practices, you know, where coaches play music during practice. I'm sure it happened. a lot. A lot. But, uh, you know, now they were playing my kind of music yesterday. They were. They
2: were playing some classic rock.
1: Yeah, we had some Grateful Dead and some –
2: Ozzy Osbourne. Sometimes they'll play some late 90s, early 2000s hip-hop. I know that's right up your alley as well. uh, No. Some Eminem.
1: I don't know Eminem. Is that...
2: You know know who Eminem is. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, stop it. Yeah. You know who he is. Yeah, but they were playing the kind of music I like. So, um, you know, just a lot of of free spirits out there. Yeah. and, And they really get along. You know, they were really... You know, the seniors were kind of picking on the sophomores and... Giving them noogies and things like that, and <laughs> you know it, it was just, it was just a lot of fun to watch. So McFer- noogies, McFer- noogies and wet willies. Yeah, and I think if the bullpups, you know, the first game of the year, I still think maybe I'm wrong. I still think the first game of the year will go down to the wire with Salina South because remember, well you don't remember, but when McPherson High used to open the season with Hutchinson, the bullpups used to give Hutchinson the best game of the year because Hutchinson hadn't gotten fully into their mojo yet and the drylings weren't quite ready to go for week one yeah and and if you're going to play a really good team the best time is in week one when everybody's healthy you know everybody's sky high emotionally but i i saw a lot of good things and if the bullpups survive that game with salina south which i think they will there's no question to me they'll be eight no in the regular season
2: doesn't this group and we've talked about it just with the coaching staff being together but They've been together for such a long time, and they've had a lot of these same kids, and it's not like they have to bring out a bunch of new people every year. Doesn't it seem like this group, that they just know what they're supposed to do? Yeah. They know what their expectations are, whether it is on a daily basis. They know what they're supposed to do at practice. They know what they're supposed to be doing by the end of the month or by the end of the season. That They looked focused, Mm -hmm. determined, and that, yeah, they, they might not be stressing as much over August 20th, August right. 19th. Right. But you could tell that with that group, November 30th is on their mind. Sure. That all of this work is getting ready for November 30th. And that is? The state championship weekend. There you go. The state championship Saturday. Because you ask those guys, maybe two years ago their goal was, Let's find a way to beat Bueller, maybe win another game in the postseason, and see how deep we can go. Yeah. Last year, the goal was get back to the state semifinals. Put yourself into a position to play in a state championship game. Well, after you make it two years in a row, their goals have changed. The bar is set higher, and, and they want to be playing in Topeka on the last and you day know, of November. when we had
1: our interview with Coach Pav, he said, you know, we really flunked our only test last year. He said, we were a great football team. But we wanted to be an incredible football team. And to be an incredible football team, you had to be in the state championship game. And he says, we didn't get it done. The one chance we really had to get it done, we didn't get it done. Because, let's face it, there was not any stressful games until the semifinals of the playoffs. I mean, Salina South, even though it was only a 21-0 game, you never had the feeling that Salina South, for one thing, they were never going to score. So all we had to do was score once because Salina South, I think they had like, what, two yards at halftime or something like that. I can't Not remember what it, I can't remember what it was, but uh, they weren't going to score. And eventually the Bullpups, you know, scored three times. But And I look at this year's defense. Wow. They're, They've got some mean dudes. Would you like to block Cody Stufflebean? <laughs> there aren't many of them would you, would like, you like Would you like to go up against Caleb Hoppus? I mean, Caleb Hoppus. Especially with that new hairdo he's got, yeah, he looks kind of like a wild man with that hairdo, you know. They and we were talking about that with him with his new look he's got. So, but Bryson Labertu, can you imagine? There are not very many guys on that side of the ball. I don't think that you're going to you or not. You and I could handle. I don't think you're going to push Bryson Labar around a <laughs> linebacker. He's like five. He, I bet he's what is he? Do you think he's two hundred? Probably. Yeah, about five five 5'11". Five, even even Jaden Alexander. You know, he's I'm not messing with him. I wouldn't either. He's not very big, <laughs> but, but Coach Pav calls him an, a, an assassin. Well, Steve, we
2: had a great day and the first day of practices. We'll be bouncing around again today, the rest of the week. I think you and I need to make a trip over to Canton oh, yeah. and watch the Canton Galva Eagles one at some point this week. Canton Galva Eagles. Yeah. Preseason number one by several publications. So the target is on that team's back, and yeah. we'll, we'll have a chance to go see them at some point here in the preseason because it's – Well, almost impossible for us to see them during the regular season in terms of a game on a Friday night because we will be somewhere else. But we're excited to go check those guys out and see what they're doing. Steve, when we come back, a former Royal made a big accomplishment, reached a nice goal over the weekend. Former Royal, and I want to talk about him next. Sounds good. We'll do that after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, did you see this accomplishment over the weekend by a former Royal? Zach Grinky. I didn't see. What 200 wins? Zach Grinky, former Royal, reached his 200th career I win knew he was getting over close. the weekend. I knew he was getting close. He's now two hundred and one twenty-two. 122. But 200 wins has become a, a new milestone oh, yeah. in baseball. 200 is the new three. Is Where is 300 the... is just so hard to get no to. One,
1: no one will ever come close to 300 wins again, I predict. You have to pitch for a really long time. I mean, Zach Greinke, you'd have to pitch five more years and win 20 games each year. And I think he's only, right. won, he's only won 20 games like once in his career.
2: The number of wins for starters just consistently goes down and down and down because bullpens are so important. Yeah,
1: and five-man rotations, you, you know, in the old days. I Here's what I've never wondered or always wondered about baseball. How was it in the 60s and 70s and even the eight well early 80s? Baseball teams used four-man rotations. You never heard any complaints about pitchers pitching every fourth day. And uh, now, you know, man, they only pitch basically one day a week. Well, it's
2: probably smart. They're trying to preserve these guys they don't want them to have to be overworked overused and that's why they do this I mean science tells you that if Zach Grinke were to throw 120 pitches two and sometimes three times a week it wouldn't be good for him
1: but Nolan Ryan pitched in a four-man rotation he threw 300
2: the other thing to remember too Steve is the amount of use usage of arms at a younger age. Well, that's true. How many really competitive innings do you think Nolan Ryan threw as a young teenage boy in the 1950s compared to the amount of innings that guys now throw? He probably didn't have to throw very many pitches because no one could touch him. Well, that's part of it too. (laughs) But now these guys just play so much. And I say the same thing with the NBA too and that's kind of why so many guys that are 19 years old are ready to go in the NBA they have played so many games at a young age where if you compare, let's say, Lonzo Ball and the amount of games that Lonzo Ball has probably played in his career compared to the amount of games that Michael Jordan would have played in his career at age 20, Mm -hmm. I would think Lonzo Ball has probably played three times as many games, if not way more.
1: I like to read a lot, and I've got a lot of old magazines from the 60s, 70s, 80s, my Street and Smith baseball, and I read sure. I read the preseeds and it's it's really interesting how the game has changed. And and, and like they said, uh, well, he threw 247 innings, and he had a, he didn't have a good ERA, three point two seven. Back in those days, you know, there weren't as many runs scored as there. I mean, let's face it, the baseball's juice now. Uh, if you have an ERA under four, you're considered a pretty good pitcher. Yeah. And and back in those days, if you look at the stats, I I looked in the stats one year. I want to say it was like 1975. The top 15, you had 15 guys that were in the twos or even low twos in ERA.
2: The other thing, going back to Zach Greinke, that I think gets overlooked, Cy Young winners typically now, Steve, are on very good teams right? because they win a lot of games. Their ERAs down because their defense is good. They have an opportunity to win a lot of games because their offense is good. Normally the Cy Young Award winner, is on a decent team. Right. Do you remember the team that Zach Greinke won the side Young with? The 2009 Kansas City they were Royals. Horrible. Do you know what the record was? I don't know, but he was 16 and 8, I remember that. They were 66 and 96. Yeah. 60 They were 30 games below 500 and throughout this lineup every day. Miguel Olivo as the Ooh, catcher. Yeah. Billy Butler at first base. Billy Butler was the best player on this team. Okay. Alberto Cajaspo, Unieski Betancourt, Mark Tian, David DeJesus, well, he was probably he was, the best he all player. Right. He was a good player. Mitch Meyer, Jose Guillen, and Mike Jacobs. Mike J. Ja- I don't
1: even remember Mike J. Ja- who is Mike Jacobs? Exactly. Yeah, I don't remember Zach him.
2: Grinke was able to win a Cy Young and win 16 games with that lineup.
1: And he also turned out to be the piece to the puzzle... That basically brought him the World Series because they traded him for Low Kane. Uh, I'll see this Escobar. Escobar. I think they got another. They got somebody else in that deal that they flipped, and end up they ended up getting like three. I think
2: it was Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi. And yeah. then he ended up being in the Tampa Bay Rays trade right, to get right. Wade Davis and James Shields. Yeah. Shield.
1: So you know, uh, Grinky brought a lot, and see that's that's you know if you got if you're a bad team that's that, that's what the Royals should have done. In 2016, right when they kept Hosmer, they kept they could have made some bigger deals than what they made. I mean, look what Moustakas brought: Jorge Lopez and Ooh. Brett Phillips. Uh, <laughs> Jorge, wow, what a great somehow haul. <laughs> Jorge Lopez won last night. Don't ask me how, but he's two and seven. He's got an ERA like in the sevens or something like that. And then Brett Phillips, you know, he can't hit his weight. You know, he hasn't hit his weight since he's been. In the Royal system. So, what Zach Grinke did was pretty remarkable. I mean, it wasn't a 2.16 ERA it wasn't, in that stretch. Do
2: you remember he had like a scoreless or an unearned inning streak? Yeah. That was like
1: 60 or 50? It wasn't quite what Steve Carlton did when he was with the Phillies. The one year Steve Carlson, Carlton went 27 and 10, and I think the Phillies won 59 games that year. He won almost half the games. That they won. I was a big Steve Carlton fan because, sure. of, because he was with the Cardinals originally.
2: So let me ask you this, Steve. Let's let's go ten years down the road. Is that Cranky a Hall of Famer? Yes. I think almost
1: certainly. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Because you can't judge it against Walter Johnson. And Cy Young, well, Walter Johnson made twelve thousand appearances in yeah. two years. Yeah, he won four. Yeah, he won four hundred games. <laughs> they in pitched his career. him three hundred and eighty but, but times. Have, what you have to do for the Hall of Fame, you have to say were they the a dominant guy in their era? Right. Zach Greinke has been a dom. I mean, he's almost a hundred games winning percentage wise over. He's, He's probably like at what fifty eight percent for his career sixty two percent sixty two percent two hundred
2: and one twenty two
1: and remember he pitched what seven years or six years with the Royals, <laughs> I mean seven years with the Royals. And which... remember he had the year in two thousand
2: five oh, had... where he was five and seventeen. Yeah, he was horrible. He was horrific that year. Then the next year he only pitched in three games. I don't remember. If, did he hold out that year, No. or I... was he just kind of hurt? Yeah, did I think they he, send I, him I, down.
1: I think he had. I think he had a. He had like there a, was
2: another year where he broke his ankle playing basketball in the offseason. Yeah.
1: But I think Zach
2: Grinky, number one, will be a pro Hall of Famer. What about this? Does he go in the
1: Royals Hall of Fame? Oh, certainly. Because. But really, his better years I know, have been with other teams. I know. But you look at how they do Hall of Fames anymore. What Zach Grinky meant to that franchise at the time, you know, one of only two Royals to win the Cy Young, I believe. I just think he does get into the, and yet you know why Zach Greinke doesn't get more recognition as being a great pitcher, because he's such an odd duck. He is a strange guy. He is. Remember when he, well, he took off some time because he had like a disorder where he, you know, he. I think he suffered from a lot of anxiety. Anxiety, yeah. He had anxiety, and and that's understandable in baseball. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, and that, I think that's the year he only pitched three games. I think he just took some time away. From baseball, kind of like what Danny Duffy did. Remember the year right. Danny Duffy walked away and says they didn't know if he was going to play again? And then he, uh, you know, with with help from a sports psychologist, I think, you know, he, he kind of found his way. Well, Zach Grinke,
2: what was it, two years ago, last year would have been where he was not really very good with the Diamondbacks. I think he was 15 and 11. But he's always just been, and he's been steady. With, he's been with a lot of teams, though. Good The group. Royals, the Brewers, the Los Angeles Angels, very briefly for less than a year. The Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and now the Astros. Six teams. So he has bounced around a lot, but when you look at where his best years were, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, right, and all of that
1: is pretty much in his thirties. And you know what's he? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. If he pitches three more years with that offense that the Houston Astros have, Whew. He, he he'll hardly lose a game. He's gonna go like. Twenty and three, or something like that. He could get up to two hundred and sixty wins. Yeah. fast. I think the I think right now the leader in wins is CC Sabathia. CC. I think I think he is right now the wins leader of active pitchers, and you know a lot of Oh the, career. Yeah, career. A lot of records in baseball now they're they're not even going to be touched now because the game's changed so much.
2: In terms of just the amount of time that you play, and and for CC Sabathia, I mean he's an old guy. Yeah. At. However 40. old he is. He's, he's 38. He's won 251 games. Yeah. He's 251 and 160. And this is
1: his last year, by the way. He's, he's already said he's going to retire after this year. He's
2: a big man. He is a big dude. 6'6", six, six, 300.
1: Give or take a big knack. Uh, the donut or two. Yeah,
2: yeah. All right, Steve. Let's take our final break. Good for Zach Grinky. Yeah. I've always liked him a lot. Yeah. Hopefully Royals Hall of Famer. Hopefully, MLB be. Hall of Famer.
1: I, I think he'll be a Royals Hall of Famer. I really do. The, maybe
2: he can win a World Series this year. The has he won a World Series? I don't think so. Based off of the teams no. that I just read I don't, off a I minute don't think ago. So. I, don't think I don't think he would have been on one. The, Dodgers,
1: the do- Dodgers haven't won one since 88. So.
2: The, the Dodgers that year had a chance. His really good year, 2015, but they didn't beat the, the Cubs. I think yeah. they lost to them in the postseason. Yeah. Or, or maybe they lost to the Cardinals that year. Well... They lose to the Cardinals a lot. The mighty Cardinals.
0: They
1: do, the mighty St. Louis Cardinals.
2: All right, we'll take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, did you get a chance to watch the Royals and the Orioles last night <sighs> in the Battle of Gardner, Kansas's Finest?
1: Yeah, I saw that. Means was pitching for Baltimore. And John Means. Did you uh, face him?
2: John Means was in Olathe East Talk.
1: Oh, he was in Olathe East Talk. Early
2: in his career. Okay. And then his family moved to Gardner. His younger brother ended up being drafted by, I think, the Royals this year. And he was a year younger than me.
1: How about A.J. Puck? Did you ever face him? A.J. Puck? No. I.
2: Where would I have come across him? And
1: he, I thought he was from the Kansas City area. I thought he was a pitcher out of the Kansas City area. He just is getting called up by the Oakland A's, and I saw that name. And I, for some reason, I thought he was a, maybe a, I could be wrong. I, I'll some, have to
2: look, okay. but it was fun to watch John Means against Bubba Starling. Oh, Do yeah. you remember a few months ago, we had this conversation, and, and I was saying, hey, there's another guy that's from the Gardner-Edgerton team. And he made
1: the All-Star he team. He was an
2: All-Star. Yeah. He struck out Bubba.
1: Yeah. Everybody strikes out Bubba these days.
2: There were some fans when I was there on Friday night. They were really hard on Bubba. <laughs> they were they were screaming at him. Now he had three really bad strikeouts looking in a row, and there was some fan to my left going, "Omaha,
1: well, Omaha." Well, he is he is. You know. A J
2: Puck is from Cedar Rapids, Iowa.
1: Okay, for some reason, oh, Joe, maybe what was the guy's name? Riley Pint? How about Riley Pint? I'm familiar thinking. with him. That's who I'm thinking. He's of. being called up. No, Riley Pint is oh. A J Puck is.
2: Yeah, Riley Pint is a Saint Thomas Aquinas Saint.
1: Okay. But getting Got back it. to getting back to Bubba man is that guy just they have figured out the hole where the hole is in his swing and he is not even and I feel awful for him because he worked so hard to get up there he started off he had like an 11 game hitting streak he had 13 games in a row where he reached base you know it looked like he was going to be the center fielder of the future but it doesn't look like he's going to ever cut it and then Alex Gordon it is almost, it is great r- start to the year he has just absolutely run out of gas. And and Rex Hudler said it best last night. He was so good at the start of the year going to left field. And now for the last month, it's nothing but over-the-top, ground balls to second base. That's right. And he's like five for his last 66. I mean, he was hitting almost 300, and now he's down in the 250s. Bubba, I think, is now maybe in the right around 200. High two,
2: or high two. Tens probably. Yeah,
1: but well, he has fallen. He was two eleven at one point last night, so he's
2: yeah. Hopefully, it, they can pick up a second straight win tonight in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah, it sounded like there were about eighteen people in the stands. I watched the game. There were Deeney hit the home run, his first of his career, and you could hear all of his family the yeah. entire time. But look at
1: the bottom of the lineup. The Royals had they had Deeney, who's like barely played this year. You had Bubba at two hundred. You didn't have O'Hearn in his rousing one seventy five or whatever. But then who's the uh, Nikki Lopez? Nicky Lopez at a home run, run last night, but he's been hitting two fifteen, two twenty. That the bottom half, the la you know, the bottom four in that order, man, you might as well just send a pitcher up to hit right now.
2: Tomorrow on the show we'll have Chet Kaplan of Sports in Kansas really? talk a little
1: bit about some of the high school football going on in the state. Sound I saw good he, to you? I, I saw he did his S E K preview. That's I right. I haven't checked it out yet for the my like, mighty Independence Bulldogs that we saw last year and <laughs> It wasn't a very good game.
2: Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Tap, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank, with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 12:30 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.